Thank you, Lord, for allowing us in your presence. Father, tonight I would like to uh, review the two witnesses. I'd like to give some clarity to this point to, to help the people. You told us, Lord, and through your brother James, dear Lord, in James five nineteen to 20, it says, Brethren, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will have a soul, will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. Now, it is not necessarily a sin to believe the wrong thing or interpret the wrong thing. That is, that is not sin. That is uh, milk knowledge or it's, it's a problem that we have among the people. But Lord, the, the real issue is that so many people preach this and use it as a means of profit-making or money-making. And Lord, I'd like to just point out that, that that is really a dangerous thing for people to do. But more, dear God, it's, it's important for us at this time to come to knowledge of truth. Dear Lord, it was your desire, as you, you've told us many times in the scriptures, dear Lord, that that what is good is is that we come to knowledge of truth, be saved and come to knowledge of truth. So, Lord, not only should we believe in you and these things, but we should actually want to know the knowledge of truth. And, dear Lord, I've tried to make it known to people, and I've done my best, and, Lord, it's up to them to see. But, Father, the point is, the knowledge of truth, as you said, identified in, in John seventeen seventeen, is the words of God that you were sent into the world to speak. So when you understand the words, then you're able to understand the scriptures, which is what it says in Luke 24, 44, and 45, when you came back and you made known to the, to the disciples the words that you had spoken, because they couldn't discern these words without the Spirit, and you poured out the Spirit upon them, and then you caused them you said to them, these are the words I spoke to you while I was with you. So now they could understand it because the spirit of truth makes it known. But when they were of the world, and they were clearly of the world, even up until the cross, they believed they, they believed in you and you'd given them the words. And, and God was going to cause them to come to the truth because you'd done the way of the words for them. And so by faith, we know that they're going to come and be able to receive the spirit of truth at some point if they were willing. But if they do not seek it and do not want to believe and do not want to correct their path, that they were walking wrongly. Consider Peter sliced off the guy's ear in the garden, and you made him put it back. You put it back on the guy. They in the last week of Passover, they were saying that you know they even had their mother to the guys had their mother ask for position in your with your kingdom on the throne on the earth. They totally didn't understand the way. And if it's like it says in Job twenty four one, how is it that you claim to know the Lord and you cannot discern his days? So they can't understand that the days are numbered, the days are given, the work we're given to do every day. As you said in Psalms 50 and, uh, excuse me, Isaiah 50 and 4, the Lord waked you up every morning with a word to speak to those who are weary. That means that it's the day is telling us the, the knowledge of what to do. And the days, that's why you're always able, you grew in that knowledge, you understood. Because God was guiding you in the knowledge, and therefore you understood the plan so forth because you were born on earth like us and you had to reveal who you were through the the scriptures and learning the word and hearing the word and believing and having faith without faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of god without the knowledge of the words our faith is really weak we think we have it like the disciples thought they had it 
But they didn't have until after the cross when they then understood the words and you were able to cause them to understand the scriptures. That's our problem we have today. We don't understand the scriptures. And because of that, there's many people with many fallacies of the end times, especially like the two witnesses. People are trying to say this. You always do the same thing. And at the time you saved Nineveh, which you give us the example that Nineveh is standing up in judgment against us, as is the Queen of the South. So we know that you're going to send a messenger, which is what you said in Malachi 3. You said that you would send a messenger into the world before the messenger of the covenant arrives. Now, the interesting thing about it is that we cannot build the new temple until we get authority. And we cannot, it's, it's like you say in Revelation 11. I'm going to talk about the two witnesses here for a second. And um, this is the difference between two witnesses and the messenger. The messenger comes before the Lord arrives and, and reestablishes the new covenant. So that means he's here during the time of Daniel 9.26. The, the two witnesses come in the midst of Daniel 9.27, in the midst of the day of the Lord, because in the midst of the day of the Lord is when he gathers his elect up. And so uh, when I'm saying the midst of the day, I'm talking about the midst of the morning, which the Lord's seven years is of the morning of the day of the Lord, as I pointed out in many scriptures. Because see, in the night, he does what he talks about in Daniel 9.26. That's when the war is over. The war is a war against Satan, and God reigns then for seven years. And he tells you he destroys the fifth beast kingdom, Daniel 7, 11 to 12, Revelation 17, 9 to 14. And then for a, for, a for a season and a time, he takes away the dominion from those people, from the, the, the beast kingdom. So there's a time when the Lord reigns on the earth. And it's in that time frame that the Lord is speaking about in Daniel 11, where, I mean, Revelation 11, where he's talking about the two witnesses. That is when they come on the earth and bear witness. They are his governors on the earth at that time. He gives them authority. In the temple, what is the law of God? During a time when the Lord is reigning over the earth and they're standing, before, you know, they're the ones that have been witnesses standing beside the Lord and he's reigning over the earth from heaven for seven years. It's the last part of that seven years that the two witnesses are acting as the judges on earth because he's raptured his saints in the midst of that. He says gathered, he's going to make an end to sacrifices in the midst of that. And when he makes the end of sacrifice, what's he do? These are the ones he calls up, as it says in Psalms 50 and 4, where he tells you that gather together to me all those who, who uh, uh, made a sacrifice. And uh, when he's doing the sacrifice, he's telling you they did the righteous acts of the saints and were made white and made cleansed and made pure because they have to be washed by the water of the words. That's the work of the first three and a half years. And even that's the work of the first three and a half spirits. You know, the fourth spirit is the counsel of the Lord. And so we have to have some of that counsel of the Lord before we can go up. So we got to go through these first three years of cleansing. That's what the first uh, 42 months or three and a half years of the morning of the day of the Lord. Um, the second half of the morning is when the two witnesses are on the earth. That's the 42 months of the two witnesses. They come because the, he's taking up the up to people. And you notice what he says in Revelation 11. He says the Gentiles are going to be in there. And what's he talking about? His elect or his nation. That's the Jews, the Gentiles, all of them who come to him and be set apart to be refined and to, to be purified, made white and refined, as he talks about in Daniel 12, 9 to 10. That's the first half of the morning. 
That's the first half of the morning. That is when, the, you know, in the last part of the night, the very last part of the night, he causes the manifestation of his judgment. He sets apart all those on the earth, Jew or Gentile, into those who are going to be of his kingdom or not of his kingdom. That's the, the separation judgment of Matthew twenty-five thirty-one to 34. And that is the separation judgment that he's talking about in uh, the sixth seal judgment. And then the seventh seal is when the manifestation of the judgment is, is put out, uh, put on the people. And that's the first part of the morning. And the, tr- the, the uh, angels with the trumpets are standing there waiting for the Lord uh, to put these people back out there. In other words, they're, they're split apart. And then after he talks about the seventh seal judgment is approximately a half an hour, which approximately is 21 months because an hour is 42 months. So around 21 months. In other words, he's going to have uh, probably it looks like six seasons. So uh, that he's going to have them uh, in, in, the, uh, uh, in the earth at that time. In other words, uh, I mean, what he's going to have them set apart on the earth to be punished and set apart on the earth to be refined. There's two groups. You're either of the kingdom of light or the kingdom of darkness. Zephaniah 3.8 says he's coming to split them apart in those two kingdoms. When he talks in Revelation 11 about the fact that the Gentiles are going to come into the court means that his people, his nation has been raptured up. So he sends the two witnesses because the Gentiles can come into the court at that time. They cannot come when he's set apart his people to be refined. They, it's like it's rapture. They, they cannot touch them. You know, he, they're going to be refined and their light is going to shine and so forth. I believe they're going to be likened to something like that where, um, they won't come in, or I'm not sure quite exactly right, but I know that they have to do the righteous acts of the saints to be purified. We're not purified. We're not made white. We're not refined yet. We have to have that occur before we can be raptured and go before him. So the Lord tells us we're going to be having that done on earth. That's what Ephesians 5, 25 to 27 is. But I want to point out that the Gentiles are going to be in that court. He does not mention the people of the, his nation of the rapture. That's why he sends his two witnesses down to watch over the earth while he's got his raptured up in heaven. That's what I believe is in there. That's what it appears to be. And I don't think it could be any other way, in my opinion, from the knowledge that I've gained from the Lord, is because he's saying his two witnesses, they will prophesy 1,260 days clothed in sackcloth. And, and it's sad. I mean, what they're doing is their heart is a harvest. They're, they're pleading for these people. And they're judging them on the earth. And, you know, if anybody comes against them, they're going to have fire come out of their mouth and destroy them. But his people are raptured. That's why. But they're raptured in the midst of the morning. You can see even from the sixth trumpet judgment um, or the fifth trumpet judgment, you can see that the sealed are still on the earth. But by the time of the sixth, it doesn't mention them. And the seventh is these two witnesses. So you begin to see this is what's happening at this time. So you can see when those two witnesses come. They're not now. And it's going to be, my understanding will be Enoch and Elijah. See, the whole bit about Moses and the transfiguration of the Lord. And the Lord had the, I mean, I saw the transfiguration myself in, in a church. The Lord appeared and Elijah was with him and Moses was with him. And the reason why Moses at this time is, this is all about the pre-rapture. In other words, it's about the night of the judgment because we're going to be judged by the words of God and by the way of the laws of Moses. And after the people are taken up, the law of Moses reigns. 
you know, it comes back to that law. They, 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 the words have been taken from these people that are left behind. So they have to keep the law. That's why they have to become martyrs and, and, and not take the mark of the beast and so on. They have to separate themselves that way. I believe that is what that is about. But for sure, we, because of Revelation 15, 1 to 4, you can see that we have to sing the song of Moses means we got to come into the knowledge of the law of Moses. And there's scripture that tells us at this time we must receive and remember the laws of Moses. We must remember the ways of Moses and so forth. Now, the law of Moses is different than the, than the new covenant. The new covenant amplifies, makes clear, and enables us to receive the words of God without having to go through a priest or a rabbi. We can get it directly from the Lord because we plead to the Lord Jesus Christ. He pours out his spirit upon us, the spirit of truth, which the world cannot receive, John 14, 15, and 17. And then we are able, because of the spirit of truth, we are able to ask the Father questions, and the spirit of truth will be given authority to make it known to us the answers. And it makes us known to us the answers, meaning how to do the way of the words to bring forth the good works of God in the time when the, when the people cannot work. John 9, 4, 5. He's going to take away the authority to work from these people. And for a period of time, they can't do anything. Approximately 21 months will be a silence from heaven. And the only thing that we have is the words are in the firmament. The words are there, and if we know the words, we can call upon them. They always do what they're supposed to do. And he tells us in this time, Paul warns us in Hebrews 10, 24 to 31, that we are to gather together and stir up love and good works. I'm telling you, before the messenger, before the messenger of the new covenant, the Lord, comes at the end of the night to make the separation judgment and to set apart his righteousness and the wicked by according to the judgment book, uh, what is written in the judgment book. There's no, it's like there's a cutoff time and those that come to that point do not have the knowledge of truth will receive some kind of punishment. Many will go off into punishment with the wicked ones. Others will be receive a great demotion. It's like they're going to have all their talents taken away or reduced because they would not hear the word and would not listen. And it's as the Lord said in Matthew seven twenty one to 23, there's going to be a time where these people are sent away from him. What that means, set away from him? It means that there is two groups of people on the earth. There's a group here that have the words of God and, and so forth, and they're being refined by the word because it tells you in John fifteen three, it's the words of God that he spoke that washes us clean. Ephesians five twenty five to 27 amplifies that and says in verse 32 that that is the mystery of the called out assembly, the church. So he's telling us it doesn't matter what denomination you are, Jewish, Muslim, anything. You have the opportunity right now to come to the, receive the words of God and be of his kingdom, one nation on the earth of his kingdom, his people at this time. That's what he's setting apart. They are not the Gentiles in. They are now the kingdom of heaven on earth. And they're set apart from the world. So they're not the Gentiles of Revelation 11 as we would understand. There's a timing when the people actually become sons of God. Sons of, sons of God, as it's mentioned in Romans 8, as it's mentioned in John 10, 34 to 36. This is what it's all about. These are the separations of two witnesses, and the, uh, right now it's the messenger of the covenant. He tells us that he would send a messenger like Jonah, like he himself was a messenger of Jonah in his day to his people. At this time, he has to raise up a messenger to make known that the messenger of the covenant is coming. 
And I've been just screaming this out, letting you see the scriptures, letting you see the word. You have to remember what was Jesus sent into the world to do? Deuteronomy 18, 18, 19. He was sent in to make known the words of God. Read Luke 24, 44, and 45. You see, he did that. They weren't discerning the words from the scriptures. It's the same as the church today as it was with the house of Israel in that day. We're no better than they are. So we talk about them not knowing Christ. Well, neither do we. Because he says in Matthew seven twenty one to 23, that many who prophesied in his name, many who called out demons in his name, many who healed in his name, they're going to be cast out from him for being lawless which is the same thing that the Jewish people are cast out from being lawless because they wouldn't keep the laws of Moses. And they would not hear the new covenant when he came to make known the words that God promised them in Deuteronomy 18, 18, 19. It's the same for the called out assembly today. And as he says in Luke 21, 34 to 36, all the church, all the people on the earth, the church no different than them, are caught in a snare. And the snare is we will not hear him. We want to hear the voice of the Lord. We can't hear the voice because the word voice in Greek means that you discern the words that are being spoken. We do not hear his, we cannot discern his words from his speech is why we can't understand him and why we're messed up on things like just two witnesses and so forth. We can get together and stir up love and good works, meaning understanding how to enable the good works of God. That's the miracles that people are seeking. But see, they're not going to be able to call on him for miracles. He warns us in Proverbs 1. 20 to 33, that he's going to laugh at our calamities because we wouldn't receive his words and therefore did not have the knowledge of truth. The people of today go to churches all over the world. It doesn't matter whether you're Protestant, Lutheran, Nazarene, Baptist, whatever you are, Catholic, um, Orthodox, doesn't matter. They're not learning the knowledge of truth because they cannot rightly divide the word of truth no more than the people of Israel in John 8, 43 to 47. So all these calamities that are coming together upon us are coming because we will not hear and we will not realize we do not hear because we do not have faith. We can, you know, we're waiting on God to do something and we don't understand the way to overcome the world. And I've tried to preach. There's an answer every year now and we would not hear. And that's why we're in trouble right now. So let's understand this clearly. Let me make it known. Revelation 11 is talking about after the rapture. Because it's talking about the Gentiles. And he's not talking about his people, his nation, his sons of God that have been pulled apart. They are the ones that made a sacrifice of putting on the righteous acts of the saints. Put the fine linen on in Revelation 19, 1 to 11, after they've been set apart, as it says in Matthew 25, 31. They have to be purified, made white and refined, as it says in Daniel 12, 9 and 10. This is that time. And then they will shine, like it says in Revelation 12, I mean, Daniel 12, 2 to 3. And how do they shine? Because they got the words that is the knowledge of God, the knowledge of the words that enable the good works of God in his pure language. It's the words that we have in our English languages, our Russian languages. All those languages use the same words for truth. You know, they have a word for truth, whatever it is. But in God's language, it doesn't matter what earthly language you speak. He interprets the heart. If you're speaking that word truth, you know, it's in Russian, Chinese, Mandarin, uh, uh, you know, whatever kind of language you speak in. Uh, Indonesian, Arabic, it doesn't matter. If you speak it in the way of the pure language of the kingdom of heaven, it's heard by God in the pure language of the kingdom of heaven, as it says in Hebrews 4.12. 
As Jesus said in John fifteen seven, if we abide in him, following in his ways, and abide in his words, whatever we desire will be done for us. We can overcome the world. God's ready for it, but we will not receive it. And that's what he's been waiting on. I pray that we will all understand these things. The messenger that, that comes before the messenger of the covenant calls out the message that the messenger of the covenant is going to come and bring. And that's what's been done since 2003. That has been fulfilled. And we're waiting on the two witnesses. It'll come after the rapture. To the best of my knowledge, it comes in the midst of the morning, as it says in Daniel 9.27. We need to understand that point. And I hope it makes it a little bit more clear for you today to understand, because the two witnesses come right before the Antichrist is made known and comes forth. And he cannot come forth during the seven years that the Lord reigns over the earth. Because he reigns. He doesn't give his reign and split a reign with the Antichrist and ten kings. He overcomes them. And he's giving these people an opportunity during the last half of the morning. They missed the boat. They didn't make the rapture. They're the left behind, but they're not destroyed right away by the Antichrist. They're given 42 months of the governance of, of Enoch and Elijah. See, Moses is all about, we, it's for the people who are going to be raptured. Those are going to be able to sing the song of Moses. This is about this time. That's what the testimony there. Elijah is the prophetic time, the fullness of that time frame. And that's what he's representing. But he's going to come back with Enoch and Elijah. And why Enoch? is because Enoch was the grandfather of Noah. And the people of the earth are trying to bring forth and get rid of all Moses' law and bring forth the Noahide covenant. And uh, Enoch has been one of the two olive trees up there in, in heaven. And, and he's going to come forth and tell them that is wrong. The Noahide covenant is not the law of God. It is a law in its time. And it's that that moral code that they're trying to come up with and create is just like their constitutions they create that are full of deceit. You know, that they're deceiving you. Moses' law, we have to abide by. It's it said Jesus came. He didn't come to change any of the, not even one iota law, but he came to fulfill it. He came to us the ability that we can now come to the Father so we can get the fullness of that word instead of have to go to a priest that doesn't have the fullness of the word. We can go to God himself and he will cause the spirit of truth to make it known to us because he's given authority to Jesus to give us that authority if, if Jesus approves of us and that we follow him and walk in his way, then he will guide us because he has authority and the words are continuously be given the fullness of authority in the day of judgment, which the day of judgment is by the Father. But God is in his words in the full measure of his spirit, John three thirty four. So we're being judged by the Father, and he is in us, in the words, and they become alive in us. We become fishers of men when we do what it says in John, James five nineteen to 20, and stir up the knowledge of truth, which Jesus says in John seventeen seventeen is the words of God, which is required of us to be set apart before he will intervene for us, as it says in Joel 2, 12 to 20. I thank you for your time. I hope this has been helpful. Lord, please make known your truth to your people. In Jesus' name, amen.